We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 97, even though the notes said 95 a second ago. Uh, <laughs> the show that will be, I wrote, burning the hatchet, but I know it's burying the hatchet, so whatever. No, nope, we're burning it. <laughs> we're burning, burning the hatchet. Burn it, whatever. Each episode, we will check in, we'll have some laugh, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft 1 or 2 topics at a time. My name is Jin, the one that never really cared what my Hogwarts house would be, but damn, do I have a lot of opinions about what kind of bender I would be. Airbender. Uh, (laughs) And if I'm playing the role of Avatar Sorting Hat, I'm joined by an incredibly talented waterbender. It's Allie. So do you agree Why with that? Why do you think Waterbender? Just like pure curiosity. Waterbender, I mean, your favorite color is blue, right? That's True. the first start. Yes. So that's like yes. kind of like mm, heavy there. Uh, you know, you, you play a healer. You, you play healer main. Uh, it's typically only Waterbenders that are healers. Um, they also do some pretty badass stuff, especially they got the blood True. bending. They got the crazy side of them. So that's like a, your shadow. So there you go. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can see this. Yeah, well, water bend. I mean, out of the, in my yeah. opinion, water bending and air bending are probably the two most powerful. Uh, that's that's just me though. That's fair. I like this. Although air bending, you can I'm do not... some cool stuff and like build whole yeah, cities. That's true. Yeah, there's lots yeah. of cool stuff. Yeah. So so speaking of which, what what, uh, what bender do you think you'd be? Do you think you'd be a, a water? I think I'd water. Like I'm convinced I was a pyro in a past life. If that's the thing, because I I I, I think for fire is great. But I think when it really comes down to it, from true to myself, I probably am a waterbender. All right. Yeah, yeah. I air, I'm an airbender for sure. Airbender man. It's a nomad. Just airbender man. Airbender man. I get the air scooter and I say, oh, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, love, I love the airbenders. They're the best. Uh, especially because my favorite thing uh, is one of the reasons why a Legend of Core is actually really cool. In season three, someone finally did, but I was like, if you were an airbender, you could just literally take the air out of someone's lungs. And that's what they I did. I remember that. <laughs> and they're like, ah, that ah, was, ah. I was like, that yeah. was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I don't know. That's a weird transition. Allie, what you been up to? Hey, man. <laughs> um, drinking some water. There's mm. your transition, buddy. <laughs> okay. No, um, what have I been up to? I keys. Did some keys. I timed a 20. And a 21. Did you get a portal for 21? that? I got a portal. So one of them was Black Rook, I think. Mm, I, have Black Rook. I think it was Black Rook. And I got a portal for that. The other one was one of the Mega Dungeons. <laughs> it was Fall. Was it Rise? I hate them both. They stress me out. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a healer, they stress me out so much. I have like, I have issues with them. My guild is fully aware of this. I don't like them. But in order to get a portal for timing that, you have to time both of them at 20. Mm. Because they're a mega dungeon, right? They're, they're together. Mega Mega dungeons. So you have to time them both. And we only timed one of them. I want to say it was fall. Okay. 
Maybe it was Rise. It was Rise. Just kidding. It was Rise. Just kidding. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Just kidding. Did you have to fight yeah. Morchi? Fight Morchi. Well, we ran them both that night, so that's why I'm not remembering no, you're like, which oh. one we actually timed. You're like, after fire, um, we did them both. <laughs> I don't know. We, yeah, we, we did them both. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, so I'm getting, I got a couple portals, though. Atalazar. Is that the one we timed? I don't know. You I tell don't me. No. <laughs> I timed a couple. It was amazing. The end. That's honestly about it because we had, um, we still need to get ATC for some people, but people have been busy, life invasions, whatnots. So we've been kind of taking it pretty chill in game. And that's kind of really about it. Played some Rumble. We did some D&D. Yeah, we did. It was pretty great. <laughs> I I killed a lot of ice frost giants. Well, sure it wasn't me alone. I, I more like, you know, kill kill steeled. You, you did a lot of damage. You did a lot of damage. Let's I put it that did. way. There's a crit in there. The and there's like, oh my God. Oh, Jesus. That crit was pretty awesome. So D&D was fun. So thank you for that. That was pretty great. And that's about it for me. What have you been up to? I watched Mr. the new Avatar Airbender. show. No, I watched, how, I watched the first it? episode of the okay. new Avatar show. Um, and I, I wanted to talk about this, but I wanted to like watch more. So maybe next week I'll have more to report on how okay. the show is. The first I'll episode. I'll try to watch some this weekend. First episode is. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, we'll see if it gets better because I I have been on record as I tell other people, hey, if you're checking out Avatar: The Last Airbender, the original cartoon series, it is a little slow in the beginning, right? It so, is. So I you have to you have to kind of give watched. it a chance yeah. before it gets really good. So I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna because I didn't you. hate it. I didn't hate it. It's just like that's good. It's okay. It's okay. There's a lot of stylistic choices and a lot of things I didn't personally like. Like, for example, like this might be up your alley. This, this might be something that you like is that it's very dark and gritty compared to the original show. Like it's like the filming is very, very dark and right. things like that. And when here's a, here's a perfect example. In the very first episode, this is not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. This is, very, this is one of the very first things that happens is they literally show the massacre of the actual um, air nomads, right? It actually shows the the. What's really funny is it's during Sozin's comet, and they, <laughs> and they all go like Iron Man. They're like, the firemen just all turn an Iron Man for a second. It's really kind of dorky. Anyway, I had a, it's 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 good, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. You guys are taking this like what was a. A kids show with a really good message, and you know, Iroh is, is awesome. Like, seriously, thank you for this, Uncle Iroh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, um, I don't know. I just, I, it had a, it gave a different vibe that I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I was, I was down for it. I was just like, you know, you can just say they killed them all. You didn't have to actually show them burning them alive. Like, that right. was kind of messed up. Like, there was at one point where, like, someone creates this huge tornado, and they're like, have some fire in your tornado, and they, they, they died. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, this is supposed to be kind of a kid's show. This is, a, this is a little rough, man. <laughs> so that was, that's my first critique, at least in the first episode. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you had to go quite so gritty, dark, and like, blah, but. Mm. You had to make it dramatic. They didn't have to. For the Netflix I'm just, I'm just letting you know, it's not a, <laughs> that was a choice they made. Because the original right. wasn't like that, so... No, it wasn't. I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. 
And uh, I mean, they, and there's some of the humor there too, but I'm, I'm hoping that they have some of the, the really goofy humor that we got in like season three and stuff like that too, because still yeah. one of my favorite lines was like, <laughs> with Sakura's all, uh, we have a very special birthday on board today. <laughs> I can't believe the captain remembered my birthday. He really does care. <laughs> so great. <laughs> and then they all get dumped in the water and everyone turns. Happy birthday. The best. I remember that part of it. So good. <laughs> but that's about it. I, I I have actually not even logged into WoW this week. Sorry, folks. Uh, you get Avatar instead. Yep. Well, nope. I mean, we were busy with the Patreon recording. Yeah, Patreon. D&D. D&D. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a fun week. I had, I had a good time. You were doing video stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I knocked that out pretty early in the week. That was good, though. That was fun. Nice. I, I had a couple good ones. I had a couple good ones. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of videos, if you want to check out the new TikTok at you know Instagram where all the good stuff is is to search for live laugh lore you'll find it I swear but speaking of good stuff and things and whatever I don't know there's a thing that Allie's supposed to do now and it's it's their job good stuff it's good stuff good stuff it's good it's good stuff uh-huh. very good mm-hmm. it's it's the mm-hmm. it's the good it's the wonderful uh-huh. it's, here it is so uh, uh-huh. just before we before we began everyone there was there was a bit of a schism that happened within the Discord. <laughs> So there was an incident. <laughs> there was an incident. <laughs> so here we are. The great pickle incident. Here we are. Uh, this is. There you go, Ali. You you can take it away from here. <laughs> oh God! All right. I read this earlier. I'm like, oh man. Oh man. All right. Hey there, listeners. In the aftermath of the Great Pickle War, I and our community pledge to honor individual food preferences without judgment, even if that includes pickles. We celebrate the diversity of tastes, foster inclusive environments where all can share meals without fear of ridicule. Let's unite in building a brighter future where the love of food, yes, even pickles, brings us together in harmony and understanding. And if you would like to be a part of this new great movement, keep listening until the end of the episode to find out how. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you would appreciate that one. What you talking about? Okay, everyone. Class got around. The time has finally come. Hey there, Kanka. If you haven't finished, this is your warning. Because I know you, you were like, you were having some time. So anyway, today we are finally going to be diving into what we learned from the novel, The War of the Scaleborn. We've mentioned it many times in passing in previous episodes. Like, oh, this happened in The War of the Scaleborn. This happened too. So we're just going to finally dive in and just talk all about it so that when we make reference to it, we can say, oh, yeah, go listen to episode 97 we talked about there. Right. So there you go. So remember, if you have not read this book and you're just like, I want nothing, nothing at all, then here's a chance to, uh, you know, put pause. I don't know. Go finish your Audible book. Pick it up. Finish it up. But yeah, here's your here's your warning. I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. Now. For everyone still here, even if you haven't finished the novel, do not worry. This will not be a retelling of the story like a book report or something from elementary school. Now, instead, we're going to be focusing on what we learned in terms of lore and what may come up in the future. So obviously, we're going to talk on some points and plot things that happen, but I'm not going to spoil everything for you. And so you can listen to this episode and you'll still enjoy the book. That's all I'm, that's all I'm getting at. Yeah. Now, before we really begin, what do you think, Allie? Did you like it? It's a good book. I liked it. It was pretty good. It wasn't the meaty 
lore meaty, huh? dive I would have liked. It wasn't meaty enough. I need more meat in my life. But it was still enjoyable. I liked reading it. And I know there is this push to have less of the actual important lore happening outside of the game. So I understand why this wasn't maybe the meatiest of books. But I liked seeing the you know glimpse of the past and learning more about how things came to be with the aspects and the incarnates and everything that happened and learning more about the aspects themselves and how or what kind of brought them to where they are now as mm-hmm. individuals and as flights and as aspects as a whole. And I cannot tell you how many times while reading this, I said, I wish this came out before the expansion. I wish this came out before the expansion. I wish this came out before the expansion. <laughs> so many times, guys. So many times. A few times. A few times I was thinking the same thing where I'm like, mm, this would have been good information to have beforehand. Because there's a cutscene that we're going to play a little bit of. Uh, well, actually, we're going to play the whole thing at some point. And you're going to be like, hmm, this doesn't make sense. But then you read the book, you'll be like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand now. So, yeah, we'll play that. And we'll figure out so that you can have all the context. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, but I think I'm, I, I'm in agreement with you. It was a good book. It was an enjoyable read. Um, just like pretty much every Warcraft book. Not every Warcraft book, but pretty much every Warcraft book. It does definitely assume you know who these characters are. It, it does, it's, yes. It's, it just assumes if you don't play World of Warcraft, you ain't reading this book, so I don't care. We're just going <laughs> to dive right in. And hey, there's some dragons and more aspects and there's things happening. I'm like, okay, I got it. Cool. So there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that. But... Overall, the story was good, and I'm curious to know if they'll use any of this in the future, because a lot of this is just, like, background stuff, and it actually kind of ties in a little bit, a tiny bit, to the little Patreon episode we just did with the Trader's Rest, where it does just... a little bit, a little bit. Neltherian's just up to some stuff, <laughs> and why anyone trusted him afterwards, I don't know. I am. I'll never Didn't understand. See the red flags ignored them. So many red flags that they have ignored Didn't of this guy. Communicate with the people. None of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they needed to just sit down, talk. Maybe Neltharian needed to just admit that he's been he's been hearing voices. Maybe get, you know get some get some help. Right. Just understand that he's been, he's been he's got a lot of responsibility put on his shoulders, and pretty much anyone would would need to to work through those. It's a lot of stress. Right. So I, I get why why all that's happening, but I get I, you know this is supposed to happen like twenty thousand ish years ago. So hey, maybe you know they there was still a stigma around mental health <laughs> mental health twenty thousand years ago. So I mean, I suppose. probably <laughs> probably <laughs> twenty thousand years ago they're like I don't oh, know what's happening. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Humans in real world really. Didn't have much of a society 20,000 years ago. It was like, yeah. like 12,000 years ago that we actually had a... Yeah. So this, this is goes back even before before the first human settlements on Earth. <laughs> yeah, and it was kind of interesting because it does do the whole, you know, you, you, get, you get a chance to remember how ancient these beings are because obviously it's War of the Scaleborn. There's some wars and battles going on, so there's some battle prep and everything. And it kind of glosses over... T- chunks of time with that it's like and centuries later blah 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 blah. like yep. you just kind of re- you get those reminders of how old and ancient the aspects and incarnates actually are in the grand scheme of things yeah like 
that's one of the things that I actually did kind of enjoy about the book. Yeah. Is they re- they emphasized that dragons operate on a different time scale. They're just, they just yep. do. Right. For these beings that are so insanely long lived, hashtag maybe immortal, but they're not really immortal because you can kill them. Right. So it's like, okay, you're going to be planning a war that's going to be happening in hundreds of years from now. And they're like, yeah, so that's, that's like, you know, a couple, couple years almost. Yeah, like, that's, that's nothing. Yeah. So they, they definitely go for the long con in this book. So speaking of one thing that I really wish that they would have divulged more information on, but they really didn't, is let's start with the incarnates. Okay, let's start with the yeah. incarnates to get into it. So if you're wondering, how did the incarnates become the incarnates? The answer is they don't tell you. That's right? true. They just tell you it's very dangerous. And Farak was the first one to actually go through the process. He's the first one to become an incarnate. And he was like, I'm an incarnate. That's all we know. Ages. Um, but there is a point in the book. We're just not going to like go go into it. But when like all the other incarnates had been captured, there was only one left remaining. They tried to make war and it didn't work. So it was a very true. It was a, it's a very dangerous process. Kind of like Illidan and the Demon Hunters. Right. We don't really know what goes into becoming a Demon Hunter. It's just like, oh, OK. But at least we have more information because it's usually like here, eat a demon. Right? And yeah. If, and if you get corrupted and taken over by the demon, you lose. But if you win, yay, you're a demon hunter now. So, <laughs> hooray! Yay! You gotta, you gotta rip your own eyeballs out though. So, it's fine. There's just that one little thing I forgot we'll to tell you. Really cool looking blindfold, some tattoos. It'll be cool. Yeah, Make yeah. up for it. Yeah, but you know, you do have to go pokey pokey. That was weird looking. <laughs> that was weird looking. That's what they did. <laughs> yep. All right. All right, by the way, Farak, Alex Raz's cousin. They're cousins. Had yeah. family reunions and stuff back in the day. They, used to, they, they knew each other. In fact, there's one point when Alex, it actually points out, Alex Raz learned how to fight in the sky from Farak. Farak was actually like, he was the greatest, like, I'm going to kill you in the sky kind of guy. Right. He actually, <laughs> he invented a move that Alex Raz then used later in her uh, her battle with uh, Viranoth. Because she went, brah, fire, and then flew through the fire. And it was pretty cool. I, I like that idea. It, it was really cool. Yeah. The way it was described is pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, Farak was also, he was the first one to speak out against the ordering of the dragons. And he was, like I said, first become incarnate. And his characterization in the book definitely matches how he behaved in game. All right. He had the shortest temper and he never shied away from a fight. All right. So, when I was thinking about the different, the, all the different incarnates, Farak and Razagath are very similar. They have very similar attitudes. They're like, I don't give a crap. I'm just like, I love being an incarnate. Being an incarnate is awesome. This is the best. And they they just use their powers to do whatever the heck they want. They're just like, go for it. And then and neither of them shied away from a fight. So, yeah. of course, they were the first two to get taken out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, Aridicron was the second to become an, an incarnate. He was second, second up. And he was also the one that was like, yeah, I'm in charge now. And Fry was like, eh, no, no. And Rikon's like, Mm-mm. me, look at me. I'm the captain now. I'm <laughs> yeah. the captain now. Like, yeah. And Frog just doesn't have, he may think he could lead. He's an idea man. He's, a, he's an idea man. He's like, he's like, look, these, this, this order magic is ruining Azeroth, right? They just came in and they're corrupting everything. There's these titans. There's literally aliens basically coming down into the planet and changing everything. I, we, what was wrong with the way it was before? It was fine, which I kind of appreciate that. There's nothing wrong with, with that. So 
That was his big thing. He was like the big activist. He's like, I'm gonna, ah, and he went and became the first incarnate. And then the thinker, the planner, the bureaucrat, Eridicron was like, that's cool. Good idea. I'm behind you. I'm in charge. Yeah. And Farrakh was kind of a hothead about it and hated that, but eventually he fell in line. Yeah, it only, honestly, between the two of them, it makes sense that Eridicron would be the leader. Yeah. And I'll just kind of compare the two, Farrakh and Eridicron, and then even Viranoth uh, will kind of compare their stratagems, strategies, especially on the battlefield. Farrakh, always on the battlefield. He was always uh, getting into fights. He he would not shy away. If there was a fight, he was in it. Eridicron, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> he was yeah. always back in, was it Harrow's Deep? Is the name of, his, Harrow's Deep. Doing his speaking of which, we just need to pause this for a second. We just need to pause this for a second. I thought I was going to talk about this later, but I'm going to talk about it now. How freaking cool is it going to be if Harrow's Deep becomes a raid? That would the be cool. shifting hallways constantly changing and like if they could recreate the feeling of this labyrinth maze that never ends but obviously like you make it scripted or whatever but just give that same feeling of you're lost you don't know how to get through here because that would, that would be badass <laughs> just, that would be awesome yeah, yeah i'm and with a ritacron back i'm hoping he's like oh you know let's go back to harrow's deep and restart the engine that turned that he he created to that no one can find his inner sanctum. Like that was that was awesome. So. Yeah, and the way they described it too kind of makes me wonder if they could potentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe they were just painting a picture for the sake of a book, but it was pretty cool. And it I'd be cool with that. Yeah. 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 So I'm thinking I'm I'm hoping. I'm not predicting. I'm hoping that Harrow's Deep. <laughs> There's a difference, everyone. Yeah. I hope <laughs> Harrow's Deep it becomes one of the raid instances in Midnight or the Last Titan. I just think that would be friggin' awesome. Yeah. Even more within. I don't, I don't care. Just throw an expansion in there. Just make it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. I don't care. Just give me give me Harrow's Deep. That just sounds fun. So anyway, Eridicron, going back to the, what we were kind of talking about, Eridicron, he would always hang out in Harrow's Deep and just he was like the you can think of him as like the four star general sitting in the Pentagon. Right? They're not they're not on the battlefield. They're completely right. safe. And they're just telling people what to do. Because he even had his little battle map and he was putting the pawns over here and moving around. He was the big strategist. He was the one that was coming up with all the plans. And these plans spanned hundreds of years. Dude dude was, go, was very, very meticulous about his planning. It's why he yes. almost won. <laughs> he yeah. came real close to winning multiple times. All right. Razagast was the third to join. And my take was she's the one who enjoyed it the most. That she she was, did. Like she. She yeah. was like. Being her card is the best. <laughs> yeah, so she was always just flying around. She was like chasing every storm. Like the other three were like, well, the other two, because Firanoth wasn't an incarnate at the time, but they're friends. Um, anyway, Razagath would just go off and just do whatever freak she wanted because she's like, the idea is that she's wild and untamed, just like the storms, right? Because that's, that's kind of what she was. Right. And um, she was really easy to hate the novel. She's really, she, she was. was. A, she really, really was. She was the worst. <laughs> she was pulling some crap. It was bad. It was real bad. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was really funny because from from Viranoth's point of view, and we'll talk about this a little bit, is that Viranoth became really good friends with with uh, with Rathagath. and this is before Viranoth was an incarnate. This is just when she was just a regular dragon. Okay, she became really good friends with Razagath because Razagath was trying to convince her to become an incarnate. She's like, yeah, look, Ra- Razagath kind of seduced her like over time. Yeah. It's like slowly <laughs> drawing her in more and more. Yeah, and I think it was like Razagath just going like, let's go have some fun. Yeah. 
yeah. And Viranoth was like, you know what? I've been stuck on this friggin' glacier for so long. Yeah, let's go have some fun. So she, and she was, <laughs> she loved it. She's like, yeah, like, let's go fly and have some good fun. This is, this is amazing. So that's kind of, kind of what they did. And they became really good friends. It's actually why we, at the end of the cutscene, when Viranoth is one of the first ones that breaks out of the, in the uh, Vault of the Incarnates, Viranoth was the most concerned about Razagath because she's like, crap, yeah. right? In fact, it's because Razagath got captured is why Viranoth decided to become an incarnate in the first place. Yeah. She was like, oh, okay. My best friend in the world right now was just captured by the people that I'm pissed off at. All right. I'm going to join with you, Ted. So <laughs> she was very reluctant to become an incarnate because she was very staunch in her beliefs of, I'm fine the way I am. Yeah. So why why should I go and become an incarnate and be like an aspect and change anything about myself to to be better? So that's why she resisted for so long, and like and it wasn't until Razagath got captured, and uh, yeah, oh, and Razagath liked killing things, like he said. She was a bit of a sociopath, <laughs> a wee bit, <laughs> and she she gave literal zero shits for the mortal races. She was just like, oh, absolutely, burn them all. Scum of the earth, they didn't matter one bit, didn't care what they were up to, didn't care if they deserved to live or die. Just it was her her plaything and just Yep. Eh, look at them down there. Let's go kill them. Mm-hmm. Alright. So, and finally, Viranoth, like we already said, she was the last to join. Said it wasn't until Razgath got captured. Uh, and that was obviously that's the cutscene that we saw where uh goes Bleh! and does the, the void and recaptured her. That's how it happened. So Galakron killed her last mate, by the way. That's uh, just a fun little fact about Viranoth, why she's, yeah. uh, she's alone. So, yeah. And that's why she's uh, all by her lonesome in the book. Is her husband died and he got killed by Galakron. And she's like, no, I, I'm not going to the hell marriage thing again. I'll just, I'm, I'll just be over here. All right. All right. And um, Viranoth never even really wanted to join the war. Right. She only did it to save yeah. Razgoth, to be already kind of said. Right. She was just like, like, you know she, what? She stayed kind of neutral for a little while. Yeah, for a long time. She was still yeah. visiting Alex Straza. She, I mean, that was a big plot point in the book when she went and visited the 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 Welplings, uh, and then they said some stuff, <laughs> which we'll get into. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So, any anything else interesting about the Incarnates that we wanted to cover here? Not anything big. It was just really interesting to see more of how they interact with each other and their relationship with each other and to not find out more about how they became incarnates. Like I wanted to, as Aww. you mentioned, yeah, unfortunately, but it was cool to see, you know, their interactions and how they, they were as individuals and together and how they handled the war and everything that happened. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. Learned yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything else I can cover. I can't. Yeah, I think you got it all. Yeah. All right. I'm sure we'll, if, there, if, if, I, if I can't think of it, I'll come up with it later. So, now what did we learn about the aspects? So, we're going to talk about the incarnates. Let's go on. We go over to the, the aspects. So, keep in mind, this is like, the story starts like five years after Galakron was killed and they became aspects. Um, in fact, there was a couple times when they're like, hey, Nazdormu, what's going to happen if blah, 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 right? And Azdorma's like, dude, I, I can't keep these timelines straight in my head yet. Like, this is, this <laughs> <Right>. is hard. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I'm just learning how to use these powers. So there was a lot of that where they were explaining that they didn't know what they were doing yet. They were like, and your aspects, you're the guardians of Azeroth. And they're like, 
What is, hey. what, okay. Uh, <laughs> is there like a pamphlet, like an onboarding book or, or something? Training guide? Like they, they were nothing. They, they were just like, okay, you got to deal with it. Yeah. So she seemed frequently um, unsure of herself. This is Alex Straza, by the way. She's very, very frequently unsure of herself since she was still learning what it meant to be queen. And this is a, this is a big point they drove home is Alex Straza had a unique challenge is that, hey, not only are you the life binder, right? You don't just have to worry about life and, the, and being that. You're in charge of all the dragons now. In charge of them all. You're the queen. You're the queen of dragondom or whatever. And that kind of messed with her head many times where she's like, I don't like this. I don't like the responsibility. I don't like any of this. Didn't like it. But she did know it was her duty. She had to do it. Had to do it. Now, that's we already knew about Alex Straza, So let's jump over to Nazdormo. Like I said, he didn't know how his power worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, there was a lot. There was definitely some interesting stuff that um, he learned during the timelines and things like that. And like, for example, there's there's a point in the book where Nazdormu tells Alex Straza, hey, just so you know, this war hinges on you. And she's like, well, what do you mean by that? If you die, we lose. And she's like, oh. No pressure Thanks. or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so he's just like, hey, just letting you know, don't be reckless. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so there was, a, there was a lot of that. Um, and there was another point where Nazdor moved later on in the book. Once he got, you know, a little more used to his stuff, he was telling about the different timelines and the different cool stuff. Like, apparently there was one timeline where Alex Strauss was like, I'm the dragon queen and I take over Azeroth and rule everything with Iron Fist. <laughs> right? And I'm like, can we see that timeline? That sounds cool. <laughs> there was another, there was a bunch of other timelines that they talked about where Nazdorim was like, well, there's this. Don't do that. There's this. That's not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Malagos. A little bit about Malagos. This was honestly the first glimpse that we have of Malagos before the War of the Ancients that yeah. we even ever saw him where he wasn't like oh I'm sad right that's usually how we always saw him yeah, he was far more interesting character than the sad boy that we, that we got for sure it was really cool to see everything with Malagos before you know being a sad boy it was great to see his interactions with the other flights um, particularly in Eltharian because we've known for a long time that the two of them are buddy buddy but we actually got to see it more in action which was actually really cool yeah I enjoyed all of the little gentle poking that went back and forth between the two of them. That was they were, they, just like you do with friends, you know, mm -hmm. like it just, it was really cool. I, I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah, the interaction between Malagos and, and uh, the Black Dragonflight and Eltharian specifically was definitely um, fun. And speaking of fun, Ysera. Honestly, she was just great, like always. I don't, wasn't really much to add. She didn't do a ton. Uh, there wasn't a lot of Yasera learning stuff, and that, unless not, not, unless I missed something, not much. No, there wasn't a whole lot. I feel like the focus was more on the other ones, but it was still. I mean, it's good to see her and all. Yeah, see she's always been great. Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of like cool things that Yasera did do during the war. Like there was one time where she's like, "Oh, well, I'll set up this like big poisony thing and whatever um, to protect the Broodlands." And um, the way it was described that when the the Primalists went through there, it was like. And their faces melted off and they're dead. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah. you're <laughs> wow. OK, that was that was awesome. And then also like the, the healing and stuff. That was mm -hmm. really cool. It's like you are metal AF there, you Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. All right. And then obviously, finally, we got an Altharian. So this was definitely an interesting looking at Altharian and how long he dealt with these intrusive thoughts 
from the void. And how his paranoia was helpful and harmful. Because there was a lot of times he's like, oh, there's bad things happening, paranoia. And he would go and often do things like telling the, you know, all of his uh, uh, smiths and all the other dragons. He would instruct them to get to work on making a whole bunch of armor and armaments and, and things along those lines for the upcoming war. Because Naltharian knew there was a war coming. Alexstrasza was like, there might be a war coming. But maybe we can end things diplomatically, right? That was her goal. She never wanted a war in the first place. She was always trying to, like, make inways with Viranoth or even any other um, in any other incarnate that would listen to her. She even had a little parlay with Farak at one point. Because they're, like, trying to, like, hey, do you want to, like, not do this war thing? Maybe? Perhaps? Well, now Therian was like, that's never going to work because I know a Riddicron because we're both kind of really similar. We're like the stone scale, like, you know, because I believe how it was is Naltharian and Eridicon knew each other before they got all uplifted, right? They, yeah, they kind of knew each other. They at least yeah. knew of each other. And Naltharian kind of knowing his own personality, how stubborn he was, he's like, Eridicron ain't going to change his mind, dude. Like, he's just not. Nope. So he's like, he, he just decided to take some initiative and was like, you know what? We're just going to get to work preparing for war because it's, it's happening. It's happening. So... And that's obviously not exactly a great thing when the main person that was put in charge of defense of all of Dragonkind, right? Because he was the in charge of the Black Dragonfly, the, the Obsidian Citadel and all that. Like the whole point of the Black Dragonfly, especially on the Broodlands, was to protect it. And he was like, well, war's coming. Better just assume it's going to happen. So like I said, it can be good and bad. There's some good sides because he was prepared. But he was also assuming a war was definitely going to happen, so he was making decisions that didn't help diplomacy. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily very uh, communicative when it came to what he was doing to prepare either. Yeah, and he was always really good to rationalize all of his thoughts. But at the same time, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, you took these actions that probably could have pissed off a whole lot of the, the, the primalists and the incarnates, right? It's like... If one country parks a whole bunch of their troops on their border and they're just like, you know, we're just we're just preparing in case you do something. Well, that's going to make the other freaking country really, really paranoid. And they're like, OK, well, you're amassing troops. We better do that. Exactly. So it, it's that whole give and take of like, yeah, there's a there's a healthy level of paranoia that you can have. But he was he was not in the healthy <laughs> realm. No, no, not really. I mean, he Spare. probably thought he was, but. Yeah, well, he also thought he had the whispers under control. And obviously that we know how that happened. Yeah, yeah, about that. It didn't work out very well. Nope. <laughs> yeah. All right. So any anything else about the uh, aspects that we learn that we want to kind of discuss, cover before we move on to the, to the rest? A couple of things I appreciated was learning more about Neltharian, obviously. I want to know all the things. And... It was cool to see more about how the whispers were getting to him. And I didn't realize how long he'd been dealing with the whispers. Yeah. yeah that was, like was very 10, interesting. That was he. Yeah. And again, we go back to the little Patreon bonus we did with the whole Trader's Rest and that. I don't know how well he was dealing with the whispers, but he was 
having the whispers for at least 10,000 yes, years. The whispers were happening <laughs> Yeah, for they a were, very long time. They were a talking <laughs> and they were calling him. You know, when you when you have really bad days and you have those intrusive thoughts and you're basically calling yourself like the worst thing is in the world, that's what the void was telling to him. But then they would say, we can fix it. <laughs> just just let us in. I think if after 10,000 years of dealing with that, I probably would break too. Especially like, if you didn't talk to anyone about the fact that you're hearing these things. Yeah, exactly. Like it just, it's, it was definitely interesting to see all of that and to see more of what he was doing secretively with a Drakthir and mm-hmm. all of that. It was, that was really cool. And I also really liked seeing how the different flights worked with each other for the war. I liked seeing how Nazdormu, how, I'm not going to go into all the details. So, you know, for those who didn't read it, but like seeing how Nazdormu had his role, seeing how Malagos had his with the, the bear, like it just seeing all the different flights work and intermingle with each other was really cool. Like we see, we've seen the aspects work together here and there throughout the years. Right. But like this was on a grander scale with more powerful actions. And it was really cool to see all of that in motion with each other and how they can actually play into each other's strengths and all that. And it was really cool. I really liked that part of the book for sure. Yeah. And I think the only other thing that was interesting in the book was we got a little bit of insight into how the aspects dealt with the news that Tyr had died. Yeah. Because they got the news and they're like, well, that's not good. (laughs) So, um, yeah, they just found out, oh, yeah, Tyr, he's he's donezo, man. And they're like, oh, crap. Uh, Of all the times he could have died, he had to (laughs) choose now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We kind of could have used him. So, I, I liked all that. And then, the visage forms, for example, like that was fun. Um, that was how Malagos cool. yeah. was, they, yeah, they they encountered some a troll settlement, right? Like pretty much trolls are like the earliest mortals on Azeroth that were you know working and communicating with each other and setting up early settlements. And the dragons came across them. They're like, oh look, mortals, neat. Do you just want to go talk to them? And they're like, like this? I think we'll freak them out and they'll try and kill us. <laughs> Uh, so they're like, hmm, how can we not be so scary? Malagos was like, I know, I'd do it. So they made themselves. And honestly, they probably looked like trolls at the time when they used the visage forms because they just look like the local natives that they were talking to to try and better, you know, not, keep keep things under wraps so that they, it doesn't immediately just turn yeah. into ah dragon. <laughs> exactly. So it totally would. Yeah. And then the visage forms... For the incarnates, they, they copied the aspects. Yeah. That's it. They're just like, oh, yeah, we'll just do that, too. <laughs> They're like, yeah, okay, let's do that. And they specifically chose that, um, well, we don't want to do the mortal thing. We're just going to represent our, you know, element that we, that we have. In humanoid form. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know, it would be useful to be able to go through, you know, the auction house door. I would like that. So. <laughs> but, yeah. You, you know, you, you you drop a little morsel under the refrigerator and you can't get to it. You turn into a visage form and you get down there. Yeah, that's how it works. Get the idea? Yes, I'm sure it's exactly yeah. what mm-hmm. they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they were doing. Sometimes it's useful to be able to go, whoop, I'm little now. <laughs> it's all, all yes. getting out. Okay. All right. So there was a bit of an incident. There's an incident. 
if you've ever read Calvin and Hobbes, it's like it's kind of like the noodle incident. That's what we're talking about here. It's the noodle incident. Right. Right. The noodle incident. And that is what was talked about during this here cutscene. If you don't know what the heck they were talking about, we're about to explain what this all meant. After you forced us into slumber in that titan prison, you came to me. You heard me? Every word. You said it doesn't feel like a victory. Not without you. How could you say that? After everything, you were my dearest friend. And losing you to this conflict broke my heart. You promised me you would not force the Titan's will upon us. But the eggs, Alexstrasza. You did nothing while your masters warped our children, still in the shell. That abhorrent act should never have happened. And I regret my part in it every day. Your lies have grown sweeter. Honey to hear. And poison to taste. Viranoth, you have always fought for the good of dragonkind. But Eridacron does not. Vengeance is all he craves. Still so naive. Alexstrasza, believing that the world we once shared still exists. It is gone. And so, yes, all that remains is vengeance. Alright, so what happened? Eggs, all that? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. There was some with the eggs that happened. Yeah, that's what yeah. happened. <laughs> but here is a very quick summary. Following the defeat of Galakron, the Aspects and all those that chose to be were ordered by the Titans. Titan Keepers, Titans, it was like a, it's a little confusing if the Titans showed up or not, or if they were just showed up by proxy. It's confusing. All yeah. right. Now, and not to overstate the obvious, but not all dragons opted to get a really long neck. It was like, no, that's, that's, I don't, that's, that's not a, it's, it's too long. It's too long. It's way too long. That's, I don't like that. Well, and as soon as you introduce a new faction or an other, alliances and hatreds grow. And when you have an incredibly paranoid dragon like Neltharion leading up the defenses of the Order Dragons, and no wonder <laughs> yeah. he would be all over Tyr's suggestion to create the Order Dragons by taking the eggs from the primal dragons. Now, this is actually what happened. Tyr, before he left, was like, hey, you guys have way less dragons in your number than the, than the, the primal dragons do. So there's, if, if hatreds grow to the point that I'm kind of thinking they might, you should probably bolster your numbers. And his suggestion was just go get some eggs. Well, I care. I've been, I've been experimenting on those things for thousands of years. Like, I don't care. I don't seem to care. Whatever. Well, obviously, that, that, that doesn't sit well with all of the aspects. Now, Therian has already said he was all for it. He's like, yes, we need the numbers. We're not going to be able to stand a chance 
if we're just if we're not growing because they specifically said it's like yes we can make more dragons that's gonna take a lot of time because yeah. dragons take a long time to age right it even said they're like take like 200 years before they're really at their prime so they're like okay we're gonna work on that but they're gonna work on that too so they're gonna grow faster than we can so that's why Naltharian was on board and Malagos they they were buddies and he was not a quite as paranoid as Naltharian but he's like yeah let's do it yeah, Sarah was like, no, absolutely course, yeah. not. Yeah, that is. She's, she's like, that's gross. Mm-mm, not we're not doing that. Nazdormu, very, very smartly, wisely. He's like, just so you know, Alex Straza, the decision that you make, because he was a no, very well might be what sparks this war. Guess what it did? <laughs> that's exactly what he was. I was uh-huh. right. <laughs> well, even with that information, Alex Straza was she felt that there was she had no choice but to go along with the titan now she changed the titan's you know instructions a bit she's like okay we're going to go ahead and go forward with it but 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 only if the egg if the nest has been abandoned for and she gave a period of time maybe like a week or something like that right if, if there's no one shows up to claim those eggs and they're just abandoned like maybe the the parents or the mother you know died on a hunt or something like that grab the eggs well, that was that was her instructions. She's like, okay, we're not just we're not being egg robbers and just taking them right out of there when you know they're literally sitting on the eggs at the time. Like, we're not doing that. They have to be abandoned. So she's like, yeah, we're gonna do it. Ah, uh, still, that's not a good look. That's not a good look at all, according to the primalists. They're like, you are still committing cultural genocide. You are taking our children and erasing everything that they were had could be you're giving them no choice and that's uh it's not a good thing that we're gonna we're gonna find out a little bit because dragons aren't normal creatures so so what did what did you think when alex raza gave the go ahead there ally i feel like she did the best she could to compromise and justify and make it right by saying only abandonness but it still wasn't great no. And I probably would have voted against it. And I feel like deep down, Alex Straza probably also didn't like it. But she saw, you know, what Neltharian was saying in Malagos too. And was like, tried to find the lesser of the evils. But it was still evil. Right. Yep. Totally agree with you. It's, it's she, she tried to find a compromise that would, you know... Do the best she can. It okay. She's like, yeah. she's like, it's, it's not necessarily that it's okay, but it's also not super bad so (laughs) yeah and she does talk about it later and she explains that she knew that it was wrong but she felt that they she had no choice and as queen she had to make the tough decisions is what that's how she explained it and i'm like okay i can i can at least appreciate that 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 is a hard choice face possible extinction because you're just gonna lose this war or do something really crappy and right i don't know I'm in my opinion, I still think she did the wrong thing. But at the same time, faced with those choices, that's not it's not an easy choice. Not an easy choice. No, it's not. Yeah. Now, war obviously kicks off. It's the name of the book. Duh. <laughs> it's going to happen. Though for hundreds of years, the incarnate aspects both readied themselves for war. And initially during the lead up to war, Razagath had been attacking and killing early moral settlements by making sure it looked like 
Ikronia did it. Now, Ikronia, that is as um, a Ritterkron sister, and a Ritterkron sister chose to become an Ordered Dragon. She had she had conflict. She had issues, and she decided that, you know, I don't like being an Ordered Dragon. I want to go back to the way it was. And so she was helping out the Primalists. So kind of what was going on there is they were trying to... They were trying to goad the aspects to do something stupid by attacking all of these mortal settlements and pissing off Alexstrasza because she cares about all mortal life. So that's what that's what they were doing. There was some investigation. They were trying to figure it out. And they're like, they basically, uh, not Nazdormu. Now, Therian figured out that it was Razagath that was doing it because she had zapped a whole bunch of lightning bolts uh, and it hit like a beach. And, you know, when lightning hits sand, it turns into like, cool craggy glass and stuff like that it's a real thing and they were like they like pulled out i don't know there's a name for it it's like a something something glassy thing out of the sand <laughs> something something glassy thing yep that's yeah. that's exactly what it's called that's exactly what it's called something and, something glassy thing yeah and what was cool about it is like you know now therian pulled one out of the sand it was like look at this freaking thing this is ginormous like, lightning bolts don't happen that are this big. And, and we shall call it something, something glassy thing. Yeah, something, something. Yeah, yeah. So they're <laughs> they're like, yeah, check it out. This is totally Razagath. She's totally up for it. And, you know, that, that, they were getting in arguments. And they're like, ah, stupid incarnates. Blah, 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 right. Well, Viranoth was still on speaking terms with Alex Straza early in the novel. But that changed when she began to hear rumors and stories from some of the whelps that remembered being taken by the stone skin, as they called them. And no, this is not a retcon. This is from Cataclysm. Listen up. That's right, mortal. The prize you seek no longer sleeps within a shell. Here I am. In the flesh. I'm not some trophy for a red dragon's mantelpiece, and I'm never going back. Don't look so surprised. We dragons are conscious, even within our shells. As I grew, I could hear the plotting and scheming. So there you go. Rathian yep. knew what was going on. That's why he was pissed off at the red dragonflight at first. It's like, oh, thanks for making me a science experiment. Really like that. So the whelps uh, in this novel that had been taken by the stone skin, or, you know, the titan, the titan keeper construct blah 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 right titan titan forged there you go they were like earthen they were doing it primarily yeah. um yeah they, they knew about it well, like they had kind of almost like waking dreams like they just remembered things and they, a lot of the whelps were kind of afraid of the dark kind of thing like and they're like wait what and Viranoth was like why what, what are you talking about like that's weird and they're like they're gonna take me they're gonna kidnap me and Viranoth was like what that's weird and then obviously figured it out. So more time passes, more war preparations. And then Razagath decides that she's tired of waiting. And she attacks the Forbidden Reach, where Neltherian had been training his Drakthir. That, as we all know, we know what kind of happened with it. Blah, blah, blah. We get it. Like I said, we all know what went down here. Razagath and the Drakthir were imprisoned after the battle. Neltherian did explain why he couldn't trust the Drakthir, which I thought this was actually interesting. He's like, they're dragon killers. That's what they were bred to do. They'll kill us if I can't control them. Yep. And he's like, and so that's why that was his explanation for Malagos, because Malagos is like, why are you locking them up? Like, because he didn't he had no idea what the drag theory were up until, you know, now was like, hey, hey, bro, uh, <laughs> I, I had a pr I got a problem and I'm going to need your help. <laughs> so 
So he shows up by himself and he's like, what did you do? Because <laughs> he's tracked here walking around like, hi. He's <laughs> like, these, these aren't dragons. These aren't draconid like we're used to seeing. He's like, no, they're not. Can you lock them up, please? He's like, why would you do that? These super like, like these are the great warriors that you created. He's like, yeah, I can't control them anymore. They used to have a power glow. It was really cool. <laughs> and I don't, I don't listen to him anymore. Well, so uh, lock the door until I uh, can figure out a way to fix him. I mean, he never, he never figured out a way to fix him. He never did. Nope. Nope. All right. There we go. So now that Razagath is locked up, like we said, Viranoth officially decides to become an incarnate. And she does pay Alex Raz a visit, delivers what was my favorite line from the whole book. It's actually repeated a couple times. Um, so this is what Viranoth and Alex Raz were talking about. They were basically talking about the eggs and, you know, this and that. And, and Viranoth is all pissed off at all of the actions that the aspects have taken at this point. And she said, when you are convinced of your own righteousness, no act becomes unconscionable. So what she's basically saying there is like, oh, well, you're convinced that you're this amazing and upstanding, wonderful citizen. You're the best. You're the dragon queen. Ooh. So anything <laughs> you do is good. You're not doing anything wrong. So that's that's I was the best. And because I just I love that line. Did you like that line, Hallie? It was good. It was makes you think. It does. Yeah. And it's also true. It is true. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> so after Viranoth is in the mix, things get a little harder for the aspects, especially Alex Roswell, because she's like, ah, oh, shit, I don't like this. Because <laughs> she's like, great. The one person that was like my best friend in the whole world. Other than you, Sarah, I know you're great, but you know. So, you know, we Viranoth, we just hang out. Big old days. Anyway. We go way back. Can we go way back? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it's because they were incredibly close. And it's certainly one part of the story I wanted to reiterate since they really liked reminding the reader about that point. Around this point in the novel, we learn it was the aspects that built the vault of the incarnates. Because right? they were trying to figure out what are we going to do about these incarnates? And, and obviously, Alex Razor didn't want to kill them. So they built the, the vault of the incarnates. And it's funny because they in the cutscene, they're like, you locked us up in that Titan prison. It does look pretty Titan-y. That kind of art. It does. Stuff. But it's the dragons that built the the vault itself. Because that's why it looks like it's rough hewn caverns and things like that. It's not the beautiful titan architecture. But there's definitely some titan devices in there too. So it was kind of a, I don't know, kind of a joint effort between, I don't know, whatever titan keepers were still around at the time. They're like, hey, can you make a prison that just makes them like go night night? <laughs> can you do that? So there's some big old pokeballs up there. Yeah, big old dragony pokeballs. <laughs> they were for the dragon type. Type. Now, Allie, were you also under the impression that the Vaulting Curtains was a Titan facility, or did I just not pay attention to that red tier? Because I feel like we heard at some point that the aspects built it, but they didn't go into a whole lot of detail about that. And between that and like the way the door is and everything, like I kind of wondered if it was aspect made, but by directive of the Titans, and like maybe like the Titans game, like I don't know, like the, the blueprints for it or something. Yeah, like, that's what I was kind of thinking about it. Yeah, it was, it was a little confusing, but I, I think you can just basically think it up as like, well, the dragons were like, well, we can't kill the incarnates because we like them. They're our buddies. Um, I don't know why they didn't just kill a Riddicron, though. That guy's an ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good bad guy, though. I'm glad they didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they probably were like, okay, well, we built the vault and hey, um, Koronos, because he was so awake at the time. Can you, you and your buddies, Steve, I don't know. He was the guy... He, he was the guy that turned the dial originally. He went to, went to sleep, right? Steve. Yeah, Steve the, the Titan. Uh, Titan thing. <laughs> Steve the Titan. Have you all met Steve the Titan? Yeah, Steve the Titan. He's the one that was up on the chair and then half his face broke off because, you know, that's what happens. 
just that's what happens. Poor Steve. Uh, poor Steve. Poor, poor Steve. All right. Now, next up, some serious shit hits the fan when some young dragons that were part of the steal the eggs, soak them with order magic and make them an order dragon in a shell batch, sabotage a lot of the defenses that were the aspects they put in place around the dragon house or the broodlands, as they kept calling it. Anyway, they managed to mop that up. Cool, cool, cool. Moving on. But basically, I'll just say a bunch of those uh, those little dragons, they were really upset, very upset that they were never given a choice. So that's why they did it. So there you go. Yeah. You agree with that? Would you, would you, if you found out that everything that you knew and were told, because that was another thing that they told all of the younglings, is that, hey, in dragon society, we don't necessarily have parents. We are a community. Everyone raises the children together. You may not necessarily know who your parents actually are because we're just raised all together. That's what they told them. But that wasn't 100% true. They were telling people that because we took you out of the wilds. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I found out my whole life was a lie and I was I was lied to my whole life on such a big scale and involving something like that where I had no choice and things were forced upon me, I'd I'd probably be pretty upset. <laughs> I'd probably try to act out and mess things up, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would have taken it as far as some of they did, but I'd be pretty upset. But yeah. Now, let's go ahead and start getting into, like, the incarnates and them getting all beat up and locked away in the vault of the incarnates. Now, everyone that completed the first raid here in Dragonfly already know that they got locked up. And, yeah, hey, there you go. They were locked up. So, no spoiler there. So we're going to talk about how they got locked up and what is going on. Like we said, Farrakh, he was the first one to get captured because he's crazy. And he's like, yay, I'm always on the battlefield. Idiot. <laughs> of course, you're going to get captured first. Be really he, easy he to find. Be, might be really bright. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not the brightest crayon in the box, even though he is very bright. He's, he's very the bright. the in the box. <laughs> he is the brightest crayon in the box, but uh, he, he's not smart. He, he burns out real In quick. In some ways. Yes. He's, 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 he's so hot. It's so bright. He's just, <laughs> the crayon's gone. Oh, oh dang. The, that little stub you're trying to color with. What what crayon color would Farrakh be? I'm going, like, I know it's not right, but I'm just going to say he's burnt sienna. Because <laughs> he's burnt. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> that was going to be some kind of, like, red-orange color or something yeah, like that, yeah, but... Yeah. All right. I don't all remember right. all the crazy names in the 150 Crayola we'll box. We'll call it Burt Orange. We'll call it Burt Orange. Sure. We'll <laughs> call it. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. We'll go with that. <laughs> now, if I remember correctly, the he got captured during a battle with the Green Dragonflight. It is when he got kind of knocked out of the sky and Ysera probably did some. I don't remember. I don't know. I think they were. he was fighting the Green Dragonflight and then like I think the Blue Dragons were able to show up and be like overpower him and yeah. Something, Something like that. Doesn't really yeah. matter. Read the book. It's a good, it's pretty yeah. good. It's a fun read. All right. It's not, like I said, it's not much of a surprise that he was the first one to go because, like I said, he's just, he couldn't, he couldn't stop fighting. He just loved it. He was, it was his favorite thing in the world. Really was. I yeah. kind of, kind of said that was his favorite thing. He got really, I got really creepy with the whole, like, how, how much he enjoyed biting into their necks and snapping it. And yes, she's like, I don't know. Frock was there. There's some, there some details in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's some juicy details. Juicy, juicy. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So next up, we already kind of know, since we all pretty much know that Riddikron was last, it was in a cutscene. So Virenoth, she was the next to be captured. And this was a battle between Virenoth and Alex Shazza herself. And the tension was high. Because remember, Alex Shazza dies, we lose. So. That was the, the big tension that came up around it. 
Uh, I believe this was all bad. I mean, for, you know, see, see, this was the battle right here. That's the one. That's that's what happened. They got <laughs> what you they see got on the cover. That's 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 the one right there on the cover. It was and, an interesting battle too. I've really enjoyed reading that. Yeah, that was a, that was definitely a fun battle. So uh, not going to spoil it too much, but yeah, that Alex Straza does use, uh, uh, I believe, one of Farak's little little fighting styles. It's either that or yeah. one of the ones during Harrow's Deep when she did it. Um, and then there was one point at one where she's just like, you know what, I'm going full ass back and just <laughs> <laughs> just like, okay, I win. Yep. <laughs> kind of reminds me, you know how when you ever watch the Power Rangers, they was always like. Then it was bust out the big sword and, and beat Rita's monster, right? Like right. even as a kid, I always wondered, why don't you just go straight to the sword? This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> right? Why do you waste the time? We will fight around and then it's, it's it, you know, calling the Zords after Rita throws her staff and make it big. Right? It's it's the same script every week. <laughs> just go right to the sword. Because drama, Jin. Drama. Drama. Well, there's no drama when it ends the exact same way every single week. <laughs> but there's no drama if it ends right away either. Well, that's that's also true. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Got to have the build up. Got to have the build up. Got to got to got to build up and build up. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe the pirates are like, uh, well, we just want to see if we could try. And every time they're like, shit, we can't do it. Use the sword. Yeah, use the sword. All right, now let's get into Riddickron. He was the he's the tricky one. He was hard because well, he was hiding in Harrow's Deep. He's he's just there. And he was the strategist, so he, you know, he had the plans. Yeah. Now, we already kind of talked about this when we were like, oh, do you want to ra- raid uh, for Harrow's Deep? Because I definitely do. Yes. The reason why it was so freaking difficult, and we'll get into a little bit in the story here, just because it was fun. They basically had to put together this, like, like small strike force to invade Harrow's Deep because, like we said, every single tunnel, every single cavern, everything in Harrow's Deep moved. And it was this never-ending, crazy, like, you know, Dungeon of the Mad Mage style, you know, thing where yep. everything was, you couldn't trust it. So what they had to do is basically rely primarily on the Black Dragon fight and especially Naltharian because, well, he's the Earth Warder. Yes. And he's like, well, okay. And basically they had, like, cartographers with them as they're trying to map it out like it was a freaking old school, like, dungeon delve and trying to figure out, they're like, okay, we've gone this far, we figured it all out, and then, then okay, based on the size, the seismic readings, we know that we moved a little bit that way and a little bit down, and <laughs> they were having to do all yep. sorts of crazy stuff. Um, I just love the the way that that worked. It was a, it was, it was very it fun. Was, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. That chapter where they were trying to find um, Eridicron, that was a fun chapter. I liked that one. It was, yeah. All right, now now Therian kind of got separated from the group and things like that because everything was moving and there was some fighting that took place and like I said, Naltharian got separated from the group and he's like, screw this. I'm just going to keep going because, well, damn it, I am the I am the chosen one. I am the Earth Warder. I am the one that knows how to get my way in there. And he did. He figured it out. And, well, he, uh, he was getting his ass kicked, honestly. So that's actually what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was actually, honestly, a pretty quick fight. Um, it was. Quicker than I was expecting. Yeah, and again, this is not really any kind of like crazy spoiler, but I'm just going to tell you, this is the one little bit of spoiler moment that, I, that a little bit of a spoiler moment I'm going to tell you. And that is, now Therian was getting the crap kicked out of him, and he did the exact same thing that he did to Razagath. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go Senior Psycho Void Power now. Uh-huh. And he didn't like open up a portal and lock up a Riddicron, but he just got a whole bunch of power from the Void, and then 
Aritacron was like, oh, that's how you did it. Now I know. And I'm convinced, and I'm pretty sure they, they put that in there. That's probably why Aritacron started working with the Void. He's like, uh-huh. Oh, you kick my ass using the Void? I'll go, uh, I'll go ring them up and see if they want, you know, me on their side. And, uh, yeah, it's like, hmm, that's a good idea, dude. Yeah. I think I might make my date that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think he is going about it in a little different manner than obviously Deathwing. Cause you know, Neltharian Deathwing was, he just kind of got invaded by the whispers. He didn't really have much of a choice. They were just messing with him and he eventually gave in and you get the idea. Aritacron sought them out. Aritacron yeah. was like, it, well, I mean, obviously we don't know this. I'm just making a little bit of a smidge of a speculation. Not a lot. <laughs> not, not, that, not that far. No. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I, I know in a previous episode we were talking about um, when Alex Straza was like, oh, the dark dealings that Eridicron would have done. At that point, she was talking about the Jaredin, right? Because Eridicron yeah. made a deal with, you know, the freaking uh, Agira the Cruel, you know, raid boss from uh, Emerald Dream. Amir Jassil. And yeah, that's actually how they got separated. It was a bunch of Jardin that were like, oh, 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 pop out of stones. <laughs> it was actually, it was like the description of how all of that went down was really interesting. The Jardin were ninjas. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. They were like <laughs> hiding in the rocks and they popped out. They're like, <laughs> and they're like, oh shit, we got Jardin. Uh, yeah. And uh, I also liked the the scene where uh, Riddikron convinced Igar the Cruel to, to join his side. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Because it's like, hey, you want to kill an aspect? And Regard the Cruel's like, well, of course, but I can't. It's like, all right, well, join my side. We'll kill them together. It's like, I don't like you either. You're a dragon. It's like, okay, <laughs> kill me. Go for it. And she could. Because <laughs> yep. he's made of rock. Yeah. So, like we said, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we already kind of talked about this. Talked about this a couple times. But I just, I just thought it was funny. Bring it up one more time. This is just another example of how communication could have fixed everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Yep. Like we said, Neltharian has been struggling with his mental health. The sad news is he lives in a time when he feels his ridiculed of a week if he wanted to discuss what he's been struggling with lately. And had Neltharian done that, maybe Alex Straza would, would be upset, sure, but she wouldn't disown him. She's like, oh, you've been going through some hard times. You've been hearing some whispers. Let's figure that out. What's going on? Now, Therian himself said after having to use the Void to defeat Eridicron that this would be the last time that he would give in to the Whispers. It wasn't. <laughs> nope. Now, here is the mistake. Here is the number one mistake that he made in the book. He said, Alex Straza can never know. Why? Why can Alex Straza never know? Because you're, you're ashamed? You're sad? You're scared? Think they're going to be mad at you? Think they're going to be upset? Think they're going to judge you, disown you? Right? They're they're not gonna you're not gonna be friends with Axtraz anymore, you're not gonna be an aspect, they're gonna kick you out of the club, right? No. Just seems like if you just had that conversation, like, look guys, you're like in charge of magic. You're in charge of living things here. You're in charge of the Emerald Dream. You're in charge of the time ways. Don't envy you. That sounds tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in charge of a planet, like the rocky parts, uh, and there's some stuff down here, uh, just so you know. If they had just had that conversation, maybe they could have all sat around and had like a quarterly check-in. See how everyone's doing. All right. How's the Emerald Dream? Is Sarah still pretty good? All right. Cool. Awesome. Alex Straza, how you doing? You you, you hanging in there? She's like, yeah, it sucks. Death, destruction. It's, yeah, it, it, it weighs on me. It's really hard because I imagine it does. 
I mean, she had yeah. an episode during uh, Twilight of the Aspects where she literally wanted to just die. That was, yeah, that was, whew, that was a moment. Yeah, so if maybe they had put these healthy practices, right, the five of them had got together and figured this kind of stuff out, Neltharion never would have became Deathwing. Or probably wouldn't have. The Void may have figured out a way to do it, but it would have been probably. not so dramatic, probably. Yeah, yeah. I would like... Allie, what did you think of the uh, capturing a Riddikron? What did you think of like him using the Void to capture or to ultimately defeat a Because I thought it was funny the way a Riddikron was like, oh, you're the Earth Warder, right? Have some more Earth. <laughs> it's just like stack the freaking planet. It, like it felt like he had put like it the was... entire weight of the world on top of him. He's like, too much. <laughs> Way too much. <laughs> it was funny that that whole fight and like seeing or reading the two of them go at it like that it was it was funny but it was also like kind of painted the picture so i could you know see it happening in my mind's eye and it was it was enjoyable to read through it honestly yeah i I liked the i think the other thing that i liked too is that it actually called out that you know if you look at eridicron's model his chest is kind of exposed and he's got that like yeah rocky heart thing and that's actually how Neltharian beat him up. <laughs> yes. He went void and just grabbed that thing and was like, hey, hey. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that was fun. And just in general, like he, seeing, reading the moment that he does give into the void and stuff and he utilizes the void, it's, it was cool to be able to actually read through it. Yeah. And just the little whispers that he kept getting was basically like, you suck. You're the worst. Everyone's going to hate you. Everyone's going to judge you. You fail without us. Yeah. Can't do it without us. Yeah. Look how weak you are. Yep. You're pathetic. You little loser dragon. You think you think you're an earth warder? Mm-mm. You're like a Pluto warder. Mm-mm. You can't oh. even handle can't even handle something the size of the earth. You need you know, a little, little teeny tiny dwarf planet. You can't handle this. Poor Pluto. Poor Pluto. Yeah, solar system. Nobody wants you. <laughs> Pluto's still a planet in my heart. Pluto's not a planet. That's what matters. Pluto's not a planet. Shush. Pluto's, Shush. Pluto's the size of a big asteroid. It's not a planet. Shush. <laughs> It's a planet in my heart, okay? <laughs> it's a planet when I was a kid. It's still a planet. Yes. <laughs> used to be. All right. Well, that is pretty <laughs> much it with the book. Like we said, uh, this was not, like I said, it was. we're going to kind of discuss the, the the major lore points. We're gonna we're not going to go over, like, the whole story so that you can all enjoy it. Yeah. Now, the only thing that kind of remains is that they sealed up the vaults. And that's, like we said, Alex Straza told Viranoth that, hey, it didn't feel like a victory without you. It's kind of where it ended. But there is one yeah. point that I do want to call out. One point. I don't have it in the notes, but I thought it was interesting to call out. Alex Straza did apologize. She did. Yeah. So remember all them eggs that got captured and then they became dragons? Well, there was a point where Eridicron also had a bunch of hostages because Eridicron probably was like thinking, hmm, I'm in Harrod's Deep. Harrod's Deep. Yeah. Uh, there's an earth warder after me. He's probably going to collapse the mountain because <laughs> he can do that. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's how they prevented that from happening was going to get some hostages. So Alex Straza was like, crap, I'm not doing that. Okay. Yep. Can't do that now. Got to save the hostages. Yeah. So Alex Straza did go around to all the different um, dragons that she knew were taken from the wilds and not given a choice in ordering. And she apologized. And yeah. she even gave them all a boon, as uh, they were said. So what can you do? What can you do for them? A whole bunch of them asked for just like pretty standard things. Um, 
I think I think it was the the, the last one. Layla Shraza wanted to see her brother or something like that. I think it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now there is one other one other thing again, not in the notes that I thought was fun. Just a little bit of fun little lore. Malagos invented hearthstones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, he called it a portal stone, and it's like yeah. only works for one person. It's got a cooldown of like an hour. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that little bit where they're like, if we could create a way in case we get in there, we all get lost. We have no way out of the mountain. We need a way to get out. And they're like, how about how about portals? I mean, blue dragons. It's like, yeah, but what yeah. if we get separated from the blue dragons? Because we we can't make portals. You guys make portals. Like, all right, I'll think, I'll think of something. Hearthstones. <laughs> Ta-da! So now we know he did visages and hearthstones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of things old Malagos for, and there's probably a bunch more that they could just say Malagos did it. Yep. The mail system, Malagos did it. That's not real. I'm just, <laughs> right. I just made that up, but probably. <laughs> it could. It could be. It, it could, could be. be. I mean, the mail system in Dalaran was pretty fun. We could get the little. That was fun. I like that. Do the sort in the mail. I still can't do yeah. that, like the one. I, I haven't done the, the the really hard one. It's tricky. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I can't remember all the places and the names and things. Yeah, I did the I did the medium one. All right, I got my candy yeah. little whistle or whatever. Not candy. What's, what's her name? You know, Katie. The, Katie. Yeah, they did. Freaking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not candy. That would be sad. Candy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it. You got any other uh, final thoughts, opinions? No. Joys. Just, uh, hey, guess what? Should have come out before the expansion. It should have it come out before the expansion. <laughs> just, and just to say that again. <laughs> because here's the thing. Here's the, the thing that kind of bugs me about the release time frame is you could tell that they were trying to time it with like the release of, I think it was like 10.2 or so, or 10.1, right? When, when it all kind of made sense. But, but here's the thing. If you had just changed a couple things there, Blizzard, there is no way that this would have been some, oh, no, we don't know it's happening. Like, it's just like, oh, you're spoiling the story. It, isn't, it wouldn't have spoiled the story. It just it just yeah. would have added to it. It would have been way better if we had read this before uh, the expansion came out. Because you'd be like, oh, freaking, oh, they're locked up in there. Oh, man, that's that's what the Vault of the Cards is. Oh, that's sweet. Razzacat's going to get it. And then it would have felt way more impactful when they got broken out. Because when they broke out of the Vault of the Incarnates, everyone was like, who are they? Yeah, like we would have cared more about them. We would have cared more about the relationship between Alex Ross and Virnoth. We would have cared more about a lot of things and different locations on the Dragon Isles too. Yeah, yeah. It's it just it, the release of it. It like I said, it felt like they were trying to save it for some type of. Hey, this is this is gonna be a great moment. Blah 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 blah. But well, they should have yeah. released it with the. It should have came out like with the pre patch, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. And nice. obviously you could have re you could have wrote it a little differently so that you're like explained maybe who the incarnates were a little bit because there were some pre-knowledge that was expected about the the kind of the incarnates. So if it was written just a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more setup explaining yeah. that, hey, these dragons were part of the thing and just explaining, you know, following the fall of Galakron, not everyone went the way because, I mean, they told us all this during BlizzCon. Or BlizzCon line or whenever it was released. I don't remember with Dragonflight. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. 2019 was Shadowlands when we had BlizzCon. And then... Yeah, and then BlizzCon line would have been... Yeah, so they, they definitely announced yeah. this during some type of BlizzCon line thing. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, you should have released it before the expansion because 
it, it really would have made the expansion better, in my opinion. Because expansion's good. Like, I like it. Yeah, I've still enjoyed the expansion, like, in the way we got everything. And we still have a little bit left for it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I think it would have just, I would I would have cared a little more earlier on about more things. Yeah. Well, with that, I think that was a perfect review. Nice synopsis of the book. Um, yeah. Left it open so that y'all can uh, continue to read it and enjoy it. And you got all the major points. Right? Now that cut, now that cutscene makes sense, right? Cool. Well, Allie, you have a job. I do, I do indeed. This is the part of the show where we like to take time to thank the patrons, and they support us and they keep the show going. And we thank every single one of them. If you'd like to join their ranks and support the show, you can do that by going to Patreon.com/LiveLaughFloor. Now, there's no new patrons this week, but we do like to say a thank you, a very special thank you. To all of our top patrons, that includes Slosh Adams, which is fun to say, Slosh. I don't know why, it's, but, but, it, but it is. Monkey Valla, Bucky Monkey, Chalil, Nick Ilobre, Craig Lemus, Igis, Nadun Night Warrior, <laughs> Mud, <laughs> Pardon, Dungeon Master Burke, Greybeard, and Dracorus. Thank you all so, so much. We appreciate every single one of you. Yeah, you. you all are the best. Thank you. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right, don't worry, everyone. I'm back with your good news in the world of politics. Check it out. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> all right, back in September of 2022, the Biden administration passed into law the Inflation Reduction Act. Had lots of stuff in there. So much that most people don't know what's in it. Now... Which means, and here's the good news, Medicare prescription drug prices are going down. Yes, seems a little weird inclusion in a bill titled the Inflation Reduction Act, but it's in there. So what's so great about this? And why the heck am I even talking about it? Well, back in the olden days, you know, 2021, some elderly Americans were paying as much as $14,000 annually on their prescription drugs. Well, starting last year, the annual maximum was capped at $3,500, And this year, it went down to 2000 And to top it off, Medicare is now able, for the first time in history, negotiate prices with drug companies. Previously, they were forced to pay whatever they were told. And they have millions of people on Medicare. And they were like, nope, you're just going to have to pay. No negotiations. All right. Stupid. Well, now they can. Good job. And I know some of your listeners may be thinking, hey there, Jen. How is this fancy shit being paid for? Prescription (laughs) drugs aren't free, you damn liberal. And to that, I would reply, thanks to Elizabeth Warren, the Inflation Reduction Ass... Uh, ass. <laughs> the Inflation Reduction Inflation Act. Reduction Ass. The Inflation Reduction Ass. <laughs> Why are you reducing your ass? That's a fine ass right there. Don't reduce it. Enlarge it. The Inflation Reduction Act also included a corporate minimum tax of 15% of any U.S. company that is worth more than $1 billion. Because several companies on the S&P 500 paid $0 several years in the past. So, hey, oops, there's now a corporate minimum tax. You're going to have to at least pay your 15%. So that's going to make sure that uh, some of the most vulnerable Americans can now pay for their prescription drugs. And I think that is awesome. So, yep, fantastic. All the way down to $2,000 a freaking year for prescription drugs, wherein previously it could be as much as 14000 And I'm just like, beautiful. Love to hear it. Yep. So there you go. 
good news in the world of politics. Uh, if you have someone that is on Medicare in your life, hey, give them the good news. Prescription drug prices yeah. are going down. Yeah. Love to hear it. Well, and with that, we are going to head on out. It's time to go. Go read a book. It's good. And don't don't reduce your ass. No. Go 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 build them glutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Squats. <laughs> Hip thrusts. Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Lore. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash And you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at joint, and you can follow Ali at AliAndersK. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. The inflation reduction ass. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>